Alcohol Tipping Point is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios, speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Welcome back to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Maisner, and today we're going to have a party, a mocktail party. I'm super excited to have our guest, Diana Lacalzi. She and her friend and fellow dietitian Carrie Benson are the authors of the new book, Mocktail Party, 75 Plant-Based Non-Alcoholic Mocktail Recipes for Every Occasion. And so thank you, Diana, for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Tell me a little bit about um, just who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I'm Diana. I am a registered dietitian. I am also a certified diabetes educator. Um, A lot of the work I do um, as a dietitian is actually in the field of diabetes. Um, So I I have a little, I have a program that I run. It's a 10 week program to help people um, reverse and overcome pre and type two diabetes. But I also have been very involved in this sober curious movement with um, the release of my my book, Mocktail Party. And I actually also have another book called Drinking for Two, Nutritious Mocktails for the Mom-to-Be. That was released back in 2019, and that, that's intended more for pregnant women who are looking for some uh, alcohol-free alternatives. And yeah, that's a little bit about myself. I um, So I focus on the sober curious movement. Carrie and I, my co-author, we became super passionate about it a few years ago. And um, I just really have loved being a part of it and writing these mocktail books and seeing how much this movement is really growing and taking off. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad you did write this book. Um, <laughs> well, what has your experience been with alcohol? So back in 2019, when we were writing, we, Carrie and I became very passionate about empowering women to have um, pregnancies without alcohol. Carrie had done a lot of research um, in the fetal alcohol spectrum disor- disorder space. And so, and we were very good friends. We actually went to Tufts together. We both got our master's in nutrition science together and um, became very quick friends through that experience. And we had a really great opportunity to write um, this first book, Drinking for Two, Nutritious Mocktails for the Mom-to-Be. And um, that's when we really started to get involved with the, the 
the movement, like the sober curious movement. And we then, um, it, the book did really well. It was well received. And so our publishers wanted us to write the second book mocktail party, um, so that it appealed to more of a general audience and not just a pregnant woman. And throughout writing that book, we were doing a ton of research about alcohol and I was really learning about the effects of alcohol and how it can have a lot of negative effects on you and how, how the opposite is true. So if you limit or reduce your alcohol intake, it can really have so many great health benefits. And so it was, we were writing that and it was also, it was around the pandemic that we were writing at the start of it. And I was definitely drinking more than usual, more than my typical amounts. And I was starting to, it kind of, I started reevaluating my relationship with alcohol and I had gotten to a point where I was like, is this really doing me any good? Um, and Carrie and I, we decided to do an alcohol free challenge. So, you know, one of those dry January or dry Julys, but I think we had just picked, we picked a random month. We're like, okay, let's do, let's do a dry month together and we'll promote it on Instagram, see if other people want to get involved and so we did that, and I have been alcohol-free ever since. I just, um, I loved how I felt without drinking and just knowing all the positive health benefits that I was receiving without drinking really just really motivated, motivated me to keep going with this alcohol-free lifestyle. And so it's been almost a year now that I've been completely alcohol-free. Fantastic. Yeah, and I think that's what's missing from a lot of conversations about alcohol is you don't have to hit rock bottom. Um, it can just be a health decision that you make. You, you know, it doesn't make sense to live this, like, plant-based, healthy, you know, you're working <laughs> out, doing yoga, but then you're drinking alcohol every night and basically poisoning exactly. your body. <laughs> exactly. I just... I'm a dietitian, so obviously health is just so important to me. And, you know, I, I am, I focus on a plant-based diet. I do work out a lot. And I was like, you know what, this alcohol, it's not really doing me any good, especially towards my health. And it was just not making me feel good at all. Like I was definitely, when I would drink the next day, I would feel just very down and like anxious and stuff. And I hated that feeling. And I just felt like as I got older, it got worse too. Um, and let alone like hangovers. Oh my goodness. I, I just, as I got older, the hangovers got worse too. I'm like, this is not doing me any good whatsoever. Like being hung over the whole next day. And it would cause me to, I would also turn to, you know, more fried foods, unhealthy foods when I was hungover, And I would just, and that would just make me feel even worse. I'm like, this is just not healthy. It's just not making me feel good at all. And that's when I decided just to yeah do this alcohol-free challenge and I'm so glad I did it because I have loved being alcohol-free yeah agreed I do not miss hangovers one bit <laughs> well what yeah. were some of the things um like what were some of the surprising things you learned when you were researching your book so we learned that any amount of alcohol like so this is newer research learned that like any amount of alcohol can have a negative effect and can really increase your risk of a lot of different cancers. And so I don't think a lot of people really know this. Um, and people, it's so easy to drink more than the recommended amounts. So a recommended serving 
for, for let's take wine as an example. It's five ounces of wine, which it, who's drinking five ounces of wine? No one, you know, when you pour yourself a glass of wine, it's well over that amount. And I, and I definitely was doing that when I was had a glass, when I had wine, it was one or two glasses and it was definitely well above the five ounces. And so anything above that recommended serving will increase your risk for a lot of health issues, including cancer. And so as a dietitian, I'm like, okay, what am I doing here? This isn't, this isn't good for me. And a lot of people don't realize like how those, how, how alcohol, just even a little bit more than what you should be drinking can really affect you. And, you know, when I stopped drinking, I did notice, um, I actually, my cholesterol improved greatly. So I cholesterol, high cholesterol runs in my family. It's have that genetic component. And when I did give up alcohol, it really came down a lot. And there is a link between alcohol consumption and higher cholesterol and higher glucose levels. So I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised to see both of those levels come down, which is great. Yeah, I agreed. Excuse <clears throat> <Gets> me. <laughs> um, so just the health, you know, and I am a nurse too. Um, oh. And I work with a bunch of dietitians and and just like you, when I started researching more about the health effects of alcohol, I was like, uh, why did no one tell me this? Right? I mean, maybe they did. And I just had that confirmation bias and I just didn't listen because it, it does get promoted out there like half a glass of wine, you know, relax. Um, wine is good for you. And, and it turns out like, no, it's not. And it's not just... Yeah organic wine that is good exactly. for you it's the alcohol in the wine um, right and there's a lot of you know you hear that a lot that red wine or beer is good for you in moderation and that stems from the other components in that in those drinks so like the polyphenols or the resveratrol in the wine it's not from the alcohol itself um, and a lot of, and alcohol is just, it is a tricky substance to study. A lot of studies are observational studies and there's a, a lot of other components that could be involved that are contributing to some of these quote unquote health benefits from drinking one to two glasses of wine. Um, but the newer research and their better studies, the way they're conducted is showing that it's really not the case at all. Um, so if you can avoid these drinks and if you can try to get some non-alcoholic beer, you can still get those good benefits that come from those, those drinks, but without the alcohol, which has those negative effects. Yeah. I'm, um, that's why I love your book, just kind of exploring different fun drinks. Um, yeah. How did you go about just picking recipes and, and coming up with your, your whole book? Um, so we had just gone through the whole process with drinking for two. So that really helped us with this book. We had kind of figured out more or less what worked well as a framework for recipes. And so what we did for this book, we, we wanted to provide different sections that would really appeal to people. So we found from drinking for two that people really like to have drinks during um, different occasions and seasons and stuff like that. So that allowed us to, that prompted us to, to create a section just for holidays and see, and season seasonal drinks. Um, and then we created another section for brunch because, you know, brunch is typically a, 
a time where people like to drink a lot. Um, and then we also created, we have a section on classic drinks. So drinks that we tip your typical classic drinks, like a mojito or a margarita that we created our non-alcoholic versions for. Um, and then we also did a dessert section. So we have lots of fun dessert mocktinis, we call them. And we also have a, two other sections. One of them was drinks, um, drinks with a twist. So it's your kind of classic drinks, but we added our own little twist to it. So one example is our coconut mojito. So it's a mojito, it's a coconut mojito. So a little twist to the classic mojito. And then one of my favorite sections is the drinks with benefits section. So it's just your, it's just mocktails, but with an added nutritional benefit. So we have a chia fresca made with chia seeds. We have a turmeric tonic made with turmeric and some other great ingredients. And so we kind of, we started there with the different sections. We mapped those out and then we just brainstormed what we, we thought would be good um, recipes. And of course we scrapped a lot of them, but that, that kind of helped guide us through the creation of the book and helped us set up a, a framework for it. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, there's lots to try. So yeah, it was definitely was fun. And we, um, we wanted to make sure everything tasted great, obviously. And so what we did was we, once we had all the recipes kind of laid out, Carrie took half of them. I took the other half. We tested, retested until we, we liked the taste until we were each satisfied. And then we swapped our halves. Mm. So then she took my half, I took her half, and then we tested each other's. And then we had lots of friends and families test the recipes too. Cause you know, what may taste good for me is not necessarily going to taste good for someone else. So we wanted to, to really make sure our recipes resonated with everyone. I love it. I love that you have a partner to help you out with that. <laughs> yeah, it really made such a difference. It's so nice having Carrie involved with this. <laughs> so you mentioned, you know, wanting to have lower sugar, um, avoid the processed sodas. Um, tell me what your thoughts are on artificial sweeteners. So that's a great question. <laughs> um, there's, yeah, there's a lot of controversy on this topic I so on one hand if you're using artificial sweeteners in place of sugary beverages of so someone's having a diet coke over a coke you know you it can help with um, achieving a, a lower caloric intake however because artificial sweeteners are you know they're f- about 500 times sweeter than regular sugar it can change your sweetness perception. So if you're drinking a lot, if you're having a lot of these artificial sweeteners, your tolerance for sweetness may increase over time. So something that is typically sweet, like a piece of fruit, like a mango, may not taste as sweet to you anymore. And then there is some newer research showing that it could, artificial sweeteners could have an impact on your gut microbiome, um, a negative impact on your gut microbiome. And that's still newer research, still stuff is coming out on that. But yeah, so we we wanted to really limit or not not even include artificial sweeteners in our book just because and they they can change your sweetness perception and they a lot of them are just made of chemicals, you know, not the mm-hmm. best for you. 
Um, so what we wanted to do with our mocktails is use fresh fruit and herbs to really maximize taste as much as possible and and use that to provide sweetness. And when we did add some form of sweetener, we, we opted for things like um, agave or maple syrup or um, what's the, uh, or honey, but in very small amounts. So it's, it's okay. It's a very, very minimal amounts. It's well below that daily limit that you, that's recommended. So that's why we definitely chose why that's why we chose those natural sweeteners over the artificial, artificial ones. Yeah. And can you speak to, you know, when you first quit drinking, a lot of people, myself included, get quite the sweet tooth and a lot of cravings. <laughs> what, what's, yeah. what's going on there? What's happening in our bodies? That's a great question. And I honestly, I I can't speak too much about this because I am definitely not, I, I'm not too, too educated about this specific topic. But from what I can gather, I think it's because you're removing alcohol, you know, you're, you're, you want to replace it with something else. And I believe that sugary substance helps to replace that, um, the alcohol. Again, I, I can't really speak too much about this topic. I haven't really dug into the research, but it is something I have, I have heard from a lot of people and people tend to want to grab sweets instead. Um, I, this didn't really happen with me. I don't know if it's because I like instantly replaced all my alcoholic beverages with non-alcoholic beverages. And so I had, I always had like a replacement. Um, But it is a good question and one that definitely needs some exploring. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed having a sweet tooth again. Uh, It was kind (laughs) of interesting when I was a heavy drinker, I was like, I don't care for sweets, but I, I think that it was the alcohol that was fulfilling that. Interesting. Yeah, Totally. What about? Well, I'm definitely gonna have to look into that some more. Yeah. What about? Um, there's kind of a mocktail controversy among the recovery community. Um, you know, where some people think, "Oh, you, you're just triggering yeah. drinking. You're just mimicking it. Um, you shouldn't do mocktails or non-alcoholic beer." Um, I obviously don't agree with that, but I'm just wondering if you've noticed any backlash from that or conversations around that. So we, fortunately, we haven't received any backlash, um, but it is very, very important. Um, I think it's really, I think it really depends on the individual and how they feel. So if they feel like they're going to be triggered by a mocktail or one of these non-alcoholic options, then they should definitely stay away from them. But I think on the other hand, um, there is a space for mocktails and there is a space for non-alcoholic beverages. I think it can help a lot of people as well. It can help people have that alternative that they're looking for to have in place of alcohol. Because if someone's been drinking for a while, alcohol becomes such a part of their life, right? Even for me, like it, it's such a big part of our society and so every weekend you know if you're not drinking it's really nice to have some sort of a replacement and for me at least mocktails and those and non-alcoholic beers serve as such a great replacement and they actually help 
me stay alcohol free. So I think there's different ways to look at it and everyone is going to have their own opinion and they should because if you feel if you're in recovery and you feel like that is going to trigger you then you should absolutely stay away from those drinks but on the other hand if you're someone who's just trying to reduce your alcohol intake if you're trying to just be alcohol free and you don't you haven't had um you know a more serious issue with alcohol then I think there's a great place for them yeah personally when I um was very successful with, I mean, now I've been 18 months sober, but what helped me in that first month was drinking non-alcohol beer because, I mean, your habit is so ingrained, you know, it's it's just that well, well well-ridden road. And it's like, you're still on the road, but maybe you're a little bit next to it. So you're still like coming home from work and you're going out to your garage fridge and you're (laughs) grabbing a drink. Um, but it doesn't have the alcohol in it. So it just helps with the extinguishing the, the craving for that, that actual alcohol substance for me, love them. Exactly. And I think a lot of, a big part of drinking is the ritual and the experience of Mm -hmm. drinking. And so if you can just substitute that with an alcohol free version, you still get to participate in that experience. Um, but with a much healthier alternative, and if, and if you are someone who, who is concerned that it could be triggering for you, then, you know, you always want to follow the guidance of your healthcare provider or sponsor before, before, you know, trying out these alternatives. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I wanted to share with you that my mom made your pickled Mary and we Aww. loved it. And I told her <laughs> that I was interviewing you today and I asked Aww. her if she had any questions. So she had a couple. <laughs> okay. Great. What well, one was why do some people get a beer belly? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, so alcohol alcohol is one of the first like it's it's the first thing our body uses as fuel. So when we drink an alcoholic drink, our body just starts metabolizing alcohol before anything else. So what happens is it causes all those other components of the alcohol and or, you know, if you're eating around that time, it causes it to be stored as fat. And a lot of that time, like that, those carbs from the beer, for example, tend to end up in our fat cells or in this abdominal region. And so that's why some people, if they drink a lot of beer, those carbs that are in the beer just turn into fat. Um, because again, like alcohol, it's interesting. Like our body, our, the first thing our body wants to do is just metabolize that alcohol and it uses it as energy. So the carbs that our body usually uses as energy is deposited as fat. And a lot of the times it happens to be in that abdominal area. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a look. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's usually, it's, it's usually like a dad. Is that yep. dad bod? Dad bod has a beer belly sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor dad. Uh, um, okay. What about what are shrubs? Oh, that's a good question. I actually, I've been seeing shrubs more and more used in, um, in mocktail recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually am not too familiar with them. I know I have, um, um, I have one shrub uh, or a drink shrub that someone 
had sent me and I, Oh, element shrubs. Have you heard of them? No. Okay. So they, they use shrubs again. I like do cannot speak on this very well, but um, what they do, it's, it's an apple cider vinegar shrub mixer. Mm-hmm. And so they use it. Um, it's a way to kind of quote unquote spike your drink. So it gives your drink a little bit of a kick and that's what we we've used apple cider vinegar in some of our recipes for that kind of a like bite taste, um, and so now I'm seeing these these companies coming up with their own apple cider vinegar shrub mixes to again mimic that alcoholic bite. Um, terrible explanation. I can't really tell you what a shrub is. Um, I think it's. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I'm actually not completely sure of what a shrub is. Um, I would think that it's kind of like a small bush, but I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that's right. So I, I definitely will have to look into funny. that. When people are like cutting down their junipers, like let's <laughs> put that in our drink. Well, you know, maybe it did kind of come from, I mean, I think it's a mixer that traditionally you add to hard alcohol, but yeah, you can. I think it must be. Mm-hmm. But you can also, like you said, add it to to make a mocktail to have more of a bite. Because yeah. I I like I don't like a super sweet drink. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I love that pickled Mary or a mojito, but that's not too sweet. Like I like the apple cider vinegar. <laughs> What? Yes, me too. It helps balance it out, I, I find. So like the apple cider vinegar will help if you if you do use juice in a mocktail, which we ha- do in some of our mocktails, we find that that apple cider vinegar really balances it out so it's not overly sweet. Plus, apple cider vinegar has its own health benefits, right? Exactly. It, it does. Um, one benefit so there's a lot of touted benefits for apple cider vinegar that aren't true. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of people think it can help with fat, fat, fat burning, but you know, there's just not a lot of good research to, to support that, but there is actually some pretty good research showing that it does help slow the absorption of other elements. So for example, um, it can help slow the absorption of if you're having a mocktail and you're having juice in your mocktail, apple cider vinegar can actually slow that absorption of glucose into your bloodstream or juice into your bloodstream. And I know it's super interesting. And like there's been studies show that if you add vinegar to potatoes, and just another example here, it actually lowers the glycemic index of the potatoes. So meaning the potatoes when they're digested, they're actually absorbed at a much slower rate into your bloodstream. Oh, but just potato, like, could you add it to anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could add it to anything. That was just one example of a study I had found because I, I work with a lot of patients with diabetes. So, of course, yeah. that's really interesting to me. So, if you can help slow that absorption of glucose, I mean, I think that's great. And so, there have been some studies that show if you add it to potatoes and even rice, you know, like that, that was another study I'd found you add it to some white rice and that kind of stems from, um, why in ja- in Japan, in the Japanese culture, they have a lot of white rice, but it's usually in the form of sushi wh- where they usually add like the rice vinegar to it. 
Mm. And so they don't have high rates of diabetes or anything. And, and they think that's, you know, they eat a lot, a lot of white rice, but that could be um, a reason why. Yeah. Interesting. I'm going to start yeah. like everyone's starting to add vinegar to everything, to your coffee, <laughs> to your, oh my God. like curdle in your cream. Oh my gosh. Well, so <laughs> carbs, you know, if they, if they Just don't have carbs. a lot of, okay. Yeah. So, cause carbs are what's broken down into glucose and mm-hmm. then that it enters our bloodstream. And so, um, yeah, cause then protein and, and fat are, are, have a different digestive pattern, but carbohydrates, um, yeah, that, that'll work well with the apple cider vinegar. <laughs> Does it have to be apple cider? No, so it actually it can be any vinegar. Okay, so any vinegar has that benefit. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and exactly. So you could you'll know too that when you drink our mocktails, we and they have some apple cider vinegar. It's still not going to make your your blood sugar go crazy. It'll be hopefully be digested in a much slower way. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. I love that. Um, what, what are your plans for the future? Oh, good question. Um, so we, Carrie and I are really, we're so excited about this brand that we're creating. So we have branded ourselves as the sober dietitians Mm -hmm. and we just love being in this field. It's such a welcoming, great community, alcohol free community, and we're having so much fun with it. So we have two of our books out. And so we decided, you know what, let's, let's really dive into this and make a brand for ourselves. And so we have a website, the sober dietitians.com and we've been really into blogging. And so we're, we're blogging about different, different topics within the sober curious uh, movement and then just um, alcohol research. So Carrie actually just wrote a fantastic blog about um, red wine and the, the proposed benefits of red wine and whether it really is good for heart health. So she really dug into the research and looked at studies and looked at what they found. And so if you are looking for some good solid research that's translated into um, a language you can understand, I highly recommend checking out that blog and just checking out our blog in general because we were having a lot of fun writing about um, alcohol and its impact on your health and how you can have fun without alcohol and and stuff like that. So that's kind of where we're at right now and we're excited to continue to build out this brand. And so that's kind of what we're we're envisioning for ourselves for the future, really, really, really um, developing this brand. Yeah, I love that you do that and that you're in um, the health community and and making changes that way. Um, Thank you. We, yeah, yeah, I work for a wellness department, um, like I said, with dietitians and health coaches. And we're actually doing, we're going to do a video series just on um, recipes and film ourselves making different recipes. But I'm going to do a mocktail section using your (gasps) book and your recipes. Um, And that's just going to go out to the clients that we serve. So just getting that message out there about just being healthy and, and taking care of our bodies and really being considerate oh. about what we're putting in our bodies because we've been told like alcohol is okay, but really yeah. causes more harm than good. 
Exactly. I love that. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with this brand. We're trying to help people um, realize that they can still have fun without drinking or, you know, they, you can limit your alcohol intake. It's so healthy for you. So we're really trying to get that message out there with this brand that, that you, it's okay to cut back on your alcohol intake and, and you actually should because it's so much better for you. And people just don't, don't realize how how bad it can be for you so that's what we're our mission is with this brand I love it I love it um (laughs) so you kind of mentioned before but just to recap where can someone find you and your books okay so yeah they can find us on most social media platforms where the so the sober dietitians we also have our website thesoberdietitians.com and as for our books they are sold mocktail party is the one that just came out it's sold wherever books are sold including amazon barnes and nobles target um walmart indie indie books i believe it's called um yeah, I find most people find it easier just to order it on Amazon. So it is there. Um, yeah, and same with our other book. It's available wherever books are sold. And it makes a great gift for people, Drinking for Two. If you know a pregnant woman, um, definitely get her a copy of Drinking for Two. Yeah, it's a great gift. And it's just cute. It's kind of like a smaller size and it has a shiny. Yeah. Co- I was like, oh, this is a pretty little book. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The cover, our publishing, our, our publisher did such a great job with the cover for Mocktail Party. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and doing the good work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on. Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time. Thank you.